Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And our guest is United Way of the Plains president and CEO, Pat Hanrahan. Welcome to the Issues 2019 show. Thank you, Again, Steve. we've done a few yeah. of these. We have. Good to be here again. <laughs> How long have you been with the United Way of the Plains now, Pat? Well, you know, I've been with United Way all my career. So literally from college, um, I was started at 23, so that's a long time ago. But that wasn't here. No, I've been here since the mid-'80s. Okay. What's the, uh, what's the geographic area served by United Way of the Plains? Uh, we serve uh, really the uh, Cedric County area and the perimeter counties in terms of service provided. Our specific area for fundraising is Butler, Sedgwick, and uh, Sumner County. How many employees do you have? Uh, we're right about 38 employees. We have uh, several direct services that we provide, and then our fundraising staff and bookkeeping staff and all those good things. You have to have some people to run the thing, you know? That's right. How many uh, – I like, I like to play the numbers game. How many organizations or services does the United Way of the Plains uh, support or represent? Well, you know, we've got a really broad base. We, we fund 81 different programs in the in the community, a wide variety of things, and that's – one of the strengths of United Way, you can give to individual agencies, and we all do that, and we should. I do that. But when you give to United Way, you're giving to a real broad base of community-wide agencies. Now, does that list change from time to time, Pat? It does. Um, it changes because we do a needs assessment every three years where we ask uh, the neighborhoods, the residents, you know, what, what are the priorities in your life and your community, and uh, things like that will change. Uh, as needs change and as technology changes. Um, how many people actually benefit from United Way of the Plains services in a year's time? That's a big number. We have about 118,000 folks that last year in one way or the other benefited from a United Way funded program. And in addition to that, over 50,000 times we took phone calls from our 211 state program. Those are people that are looking for services, don't know where to turn, and they can simply call 211 and we can help them. And we're going to talk about that a little more, bit more here in a minute. Uh, the annual fundraising drive is underway. Uh, tell us about your goal this year. Well, our goal this year is 13100000 That's up just a little bit from the goal we set last year. But we did not make that goal last year. So we've got a challenge. We've got to raise about $800,000 to make the goal. Um, you know, the last 10 years or so have, have really been difficult in the Wichita area. Things are getting better. The economy is stronger. But that 2008 recession is still lingering on in terms of fundraising for United Way and, and I would say for the nonprofit community as well. Well, I was going to, you know, that was one of my questions I was going to ask. How that, uh, you've, you've seen the impact. You're on the front line of it. And of course, a lot of businesses have, because of the recession, and probably one of the reasons that you're, you're giving is down. Um, but are we past it? Are we, are we going to get past this thing or not? I mean, it's been 10 years now or more. 
Yeah, I, th- I think we're getting past it. You can feel it. This year you can feel it uh, even stronger than the last couple of years. Actually, there's been two things going on. That long 10-year recession was very difficult. We saw a lot of aviation workers laid off, and that directly impacted us. But the other thing that's been going on the last couple of years, we we talked about this for a number of years, and it finally hit, and that is the retirement of baby boomers. We've seen that in significant numbers in our large companies, and those are, are the better, larger givers because uh, people over 50 don't have house payments or car payments like someone who's, say, 25 years old. So those two things have really made a difference, a negative difference over the last few years. And that's a problem not only with, well, as you say, with its industry uh, uh, across this, uh, across the country, across here in, here in uh, South Central Kansas. And you have seen that, and I know in the, and we talked about it, folks at the aircraft plants, the people who have been there the longest, who have the, the most experience, a lot of them, it's just time to go, time to leave. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, you added some new funding methods you called special initiatives. Can you tell us about that, Pat? Well, our board uh, about three years ago made a real strategic shift in terms of what we're doing. And what the board was thinking and wanting to do is to get to the root causes of problems. We're always going to fund agencies, uh, daycare kinds of services, counseling programs, disasters, and all that. But our board said, wouldn't it be great if we could go back and find out what are, what are causing some of these problems and then doing something to solve that problem? And, and, you know, best case scenario, you could eliminate some services in the future because you've solved the problem. So we moved into uh, special initiative fundings in some key areas primarily around income, education, and health. We think if we can get those right, we can make a real difference and change uh, a lot of people's lives for the better. It's a, it's a, was that three, income, education, and health? Education, income, and health. We're really zeroing in right now on the income and the education areas. Uh, for example, in the area of income, uh, we're working with the IRS in the city of Wichita, on something that's called the VITA program, which is Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program. These are for folks that are working, but they're lower income. Uh, They don't recognize or don't realize that they're eligible for this particular income tax um, return. Last year, we worked with uh, just over 5,300 households, and we returned $5.5 million to these households. Now, that's a lot of money. It averages about a, you know, around a thousand dollars a family. So was uh, this was this money that was pretty much on the table for them, but they didn't know how to do it. That's exactly right. There's wow. money on the table. They didn't know how to get that refund back. They qualified for it. The nice thing about this is it's it's about as I said about a thousand dollars a family. You know that's going to pay the rent. It's going to pay for a lot of food. Uh, it's going to buy clothes, back to school supplies, all those kinds of things that a family needs in the course of a year. And the other thing that's nice about that, that $5.5 million is being spent in the Wichita economy, you know, at shoe stores and grocery stores and everywhere else, and that helps the economy as a whole. So it's a real win-win. So we're looking at things like that, and we're looking at some uh, workforce training programs to try to help people get a job, be more productive, uh, have a better and happier life. What about, Dan, you mentioned education. 
Tell me about what you're doing in the area of education. Education is really where we're putting a lot of effort because talk about root causes of a problem. If you have a good education, your life is going to be much different than if you don't. And it starts at a very early age. So we've got three different things going on. Uh, We have, starting from zero to five years of age, uh, what we call the Dolly Parton Imagination Library, this was started by Dolly Parton. Uh, her dad was illiterate, and she vowed she could do something about it someday. She would help that problem. And last year, we put out 110,000 storybooks to kids between the ages of zero and five years. They sign up with United Way. We get them hooked up with the library. And once a month, they get an age-appropriate storybook uh, that's delivered by mail to their home. We get more letters back from families. It's incredible, the letters of thank you, uh, of how much these kids are looking forward to those books. So that's the first part of what we do in education. So these are books that they're read to the kids, or they, do these books actually teach them to read? Or, uh, these are just storybooks. Pretty young kids. Yeah, Young kids, but yeah. they're, they're appropriate for the age. And what we're hoping to do is get the parents to read to the child, to sit down with that storybook, look at the pictures, talk about it, because it... All the studies show that at that early age, your brain is starting to be wired in terms of the importance of reading and and the reading skill itself. So that's the first part of of three parts that we're involved in. Can I just interrupt you for a second and say that's exactly the way I did with my kids? When they were very little, I started reading. And when they were about three, I said, you can read this. And they did. And it's been a terrific thing. Yep. Get them started early. Anyway, I interrupted you. We are going to say no, something. No, but that's exactly right. But in a lot of families, that's not happening. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what we're trying to do here is to encourage those families, encourage those parents to start reading to that child, even, even if the parent can't read himself or herself. Just sit down with the storybook, look at the pictures, and make up a story. Just get those kids starting to think and getting that brain to start to work, it makes a huge difference. And recently we've been, uh, the police department's been doing, talking about some things, and I knew this, I've known this for several years. Illiteracy is a big contributing factor to not only poverty, but to crime. People who can't read, a lot of them wind up in the prisons. There's a lot of social impact for not reading, and I'm glad to see that you're doing something about it. There's a lot of smart people that look at and make these studies that show, you know, that of what you're talking about. Yeah, it makes a big difference. All right, more education. Tell me. You well, do, you're doing something with West High, weren't you? We're working with West High. You're on the water. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's the Be There initiative. That's to keep kids in school who are chronically absent. Right. Chronically absent means they're missing 10% or more of the school year and the school day. If you're out 10% of the school year, you're not learning the way you need to be learning. So... Uh, a lot of times uh, I've been in schools where the first period is reading or math. And if you're 30 minutes late, 45 minutes late, yeah. you're missing your reading lesson for that day. You're missing your math lesson for that day. You're disrupting the class. Well, it's not just little Johnny wanting to play hooky. There's a lot of issues. Uh, I'm thinking of one where grandma was raising the kids. Grandma had her own health issues. So we're we have uh, paid staff that are working with those families and trying to give them suggestions on how to overcome their, their problem, get those kids in school. So that's, that's kind of the third leg of our education program. And then in the middle, between those preschoolers 
and, and those that are in school yeah, yeah. is our uh, Read to Succeed initiative. And we have uh, about 400 volunteers in 20 elementary schools in USD 259 once a week. And they go in once a week with third graders and listen to the third grader read. Now, there's programs where people go in and read to the kids, and those are great. But I think this, the strength and uniqueness of this is listening to the child read to them. And they can help them with words. You know, they're trying to form words and so forth. And there's measurements that show that the kids that are going through this program have a, a, a better retention and are learning more words per week faster than the average. Uh, so that's really important because if you can't read at the third grade level in third grade, you're four times more likely to drop out of school. Yeah. Because what happens, you can't read, you start falling behind, uh, you can't understand your lessons, you get discouraged. Time you come into high school, that's when they're starting to drop out. Now, people might be listening and thinking, why in the world is United Way involved in programs like that in the schools? We just think, well, the way I've said it to my board is this may be the best social service program we fund. If we keep kids in school and we can help them learn better, they go on to maybe college or a tech school. Uh, maybe they just graduate from high school and get a good job, but they're going to be much more productive than had they dropped out, and they're going to live a much happier and more productive life and be taxpayers and not tax receivers. So it just makes all kinds of sense. Yep. Instead of putting a Band-Aid on the wound, you're actually figuring out how not to have the wound. Right? Exactly. And that's what, what I meant when I said we're getting to the root cause of problems and trying to solve things that, um, you know, my dream 20 years from now, people say, gee, uh, some of these statistics uh, of homelessness went down or unemployment went down, crime went down. What happened? I want to be in that mix of things of what happened, that United Way was involved in these literacy programs and these education programs, and it made a difference. You're listening to Issues 2019 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is United Way of the Plains President and CEO Pat Hanrahan. And, Pat, you were talking about special initiatives, and we talked about education. Was there, was there more to that you wanted to say about the initiatives? Well, I think those are the ones we're doing in education. We're also very much involved in the homeless program here right, in Wichita. Right. Uh, homelessness is still a big problem, but it's going down. Uh, we at the United Way are coordinating with 76 different agencies, governmental units, uh, on the whole homeless problem in Wichita. We help the homeless agencies write a grant each year for about $2.5 million. That helps keep the homeless shelters open. Um, and again, the more we can work on that and help these people and return them back to society, we're all going to benefit from that because I don't think anybody wants to be homeless. I, I, I just don't think a, a good person in their good in the right state of mind wants to sit on the curb each day. There's drug problems and there's alcohol problems. There's a lot of issues that need need to be dealt with, and, and we need to to work on that. There's some families living out of cars too. There are families living out. You're of You're talking cars. about the kids. Absolutely. If, you, if you're homeless, might be a drawback on how well you're educated. There's yeah. kids in the school system that. Their classmates may not even know it, yeah, yeah. but they're living out of a car and going to school. Right. Uh, anything else on the initiatives before I move on? I think that covers it pretty uh, well. A lot of things we're doing, a lot more things uh, in the planning stages. The uh, You know, 
tell us about some of the bigger businesses in the area and their support for United Way. I mean, some of these people, every year they come through for you big time. Who are some of the bigger ones? They do. Of course, the, the two biggest are, are aircraft companies, um, Spirit and Textron and Bombardier Learjet. Uh, those are our large givers. And places like Intrust Bank, there's, there's just a lot of really good benevolent corporations here that they know that having good business and making a profit is also about good community, that you've got to have a good, healthy community for places, for, for their employees places for their employees to live and to work. Are small businesses getting the message? Absolutely, and small businesses are very important to us. Sometimes we have small businesses, I think, uh, or, or a common thought is, well, I can't afford to do what Textron does or Intrust Bank does. <laughs> but half our money comes from small business. You know, half of it's coming from those larger companies. But the other half, the, the important half, is coming companies, 25 employees, 50 employees, uh, raising anywhere from 5000 to, uh, you know, $20,000 a year. They are very critical to our effort. Well, tell me about the, is it, I'm going to tell you, is it GIV, is it the GIVE program or the GIV program? Uh, <laughs> it's the GIVE program, Give Items of Value. Okay. And we, we call it GIVE, G-I-V for short. That's one of the most fun programs we have, and it's doing a lot of good, and it's helping save agencies money. We started that uh, 20 years ago in one room, and now we have a warehouse and, and a truck. And it's all about companies giving us uh, product. Uh, a good example is a company here in town that uh, has grocery store items and so forth. They might The box cutter might have sliced the cellophane of, of the toilet paper. Okay. Perfectly good product, but they can't sell it. Can't put it on the shelf. Can't the put sale. it on the shelf. Okay. So uh, we're <laughs> so so you've got this product there that you're getting from these people, and the product's okay. It's just the packaging might be screwed up or something. Huh? That's right. So we're we're able to give it out to the agencies. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's called the Give G I V or Give program. Um, we gonna give Pat. You want to take a drink or something? You all right now? Okay. Uh, now this, can we talk about two one one for a little bit? You mentioned it earlier, and I think this is a. This is a terrific idea. I mean, uh, communication. How do I get in touch with the United Way quick? How, how do I do is, it? I need help. Yeah, 2-on-1 is a great way to go. Uh, it's, it's a good example of how technology is helping nonprofits. Anywhere in the state of Kansas, simply dial 211. We're going to answer. People are going to ask us, you know, I, I need food. Uh, I've got problems with my kids. I've got marriage concerns. Right. Where to go for help? Dial two one one, and we have a trained worker that can help answer those questions. How many calls are you getting, Pat? Uh, it's just been, how many years have you been at this? Two or three? Uh, we've been at it really eleven years. Eleven. Eleven years. Yeah. <laughs> well, time flies. It's, it's a complicated program. Uh, Forty-seven telephone companies are involved statewide. Really? Okay. Um, and last year we took over fifty thousand phone calls from people looking for help around around the state of Kansas, mostly here in the Sedgwick County area, but from all over the state. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, volunteers. I mean, uh, I, I do this show every week, and, and I talk to a lot of people who are in civic uh, service and public service, and people with organizations like yours, and the same thing comes back every time. The volunteers are crucial. How the, about the United Way? The volunteers are crucial to us. The volunteers are crucial to agencies. And the good news is that we have a lot of companies that – 
are getting more involved. They're wanting to have their employees get involved. Uh, sometimes they're just a group project or a management training program. Uh, and our volunteer center is there to help an individual who's looking to go out and volunteer, but also companies that want to have group projects. We have any number of group projects anymore um, that we're out there helping agencies with. Pat, what's what's new? Anything exciting on the planning stages here for the United Way of the Plains? Well, one of the things that we're looking at in the future is what we're calling Project 67214. 67214 is a zip code here in the Wichita area right, right. that um, has some lower income uh, areas and, and needs some work. Uh, we're working with the city of Wichita and other agencies. We want to develop a program there uh, to kind of revitalize that neighborhood and to, to work with and to help those residents uh, help themselves and get things moving along. So uh, it's just in its infancy stages, but we're really starting to see some momentum there. And hopefully a year from now, we can talk about some good things there. You have a, a number there, a statistic you've used before and about the percentage of givers and something about if if so and so would if this amount gave this number gave we'd we'd have all the money we'd ever need uh, what is the percentage of people who are giving it yeah our percentage uh, over the years has been about 25 to 30 percent it's actually dropped a little lower because of these last few years of the problems, and, yeah. and everything but if everybody gave at the average what we used to call the fair share level of one hour's pay a month you know the money we'd be raising uh, not $13 million, we'd be raising more like somewhere around 30 or $40 million a year. What a wonderful thing that would be in terms of the help that we could provide to people in need. What, the, what is the most common reason given for not contributing to the United Way? Just, I don't have, I don't think I have enough money or, or it's because they don't like what you're doing? Or is there, what are the reasons they give? I think the, the most common reason people don't give is misunderstanding. I can't tell you how many times I've been out there and somebody will raise their hand to ask a question and what they, what they thought was true was not. Uh, they, they've heard some rumor or something like that. So that's why we love to go out and talk to people at the workplace. I love that question and answer time. Uh, and I've had a lot of people over the years say, you know what, I had it wrong, uh, I'm going to sign up this year. So misunderstanding really is, is probably the, the biggest reason people don't give. Is that one of your biggest challenges that you have? It is a big challenge yeah. because, you know, we, we want to get out there and talk to people. And the more we can do that, the better it's going to be. Uh, that takes people to do it. It takes companies willing to have us come in and talk. Uh, but it does pay off in a big way. What are the biggest uh, rewards or payoffs for you, Pat, in doing this? You've done it so many years. Why do you do it, I guess, is the question. You know, our video this year, we have a young man who went to Project Access, which is a, a program we helped to, to start and that we have funded for the last 20 years. He's a gentleman who he works, but he can't afford insurance. And he went to the dentist, had a tooth decay problem, and the dentist discovered uh, high blood pressure and a kidney problem is what resulted from that. They just determined he had chronic kidney disease. Well, in this video, he says, you know, thank you for saving my life. Uh, he might not be with us today had he not discovered that and had he not been able to get the surgery he needed because of Project Access. And I was in on that 
starting a project access. And things like that happen throughout your career, and it makes it all worthwhile. Every time a child comes up, as one did to me one time uh, at a youth home, and say, this is the best place I've ever lived, and you think how sad that they're not talking about their home, but how good that we're there and we're able to help that child. That's a big payoff. Hey, listen, for you out there listening, if you get the chance, I, the, the opportunity, I, I encourage you to give. I give the United Way every paycheck. A little something comes out, and I think it's just a great thing. Pat, thank you for your fine work. We appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, Steve. Our guest, the United Way of the Plains President and CEO, Pat Hanrahan. That's all for this edition of Issues 2019. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.